Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt. Sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Now, here's Jeff Hunt. Very Merry Christmas to you. Welcome to the Frontier Freedom Hour. My name is Jeff Hunt. I'm the chief wagon boss of this operation. Running the board for us, as always, is the great Michael Geronimo Arpaio. Merry Christmas to you, friend. And if you're listening to us for the first time, welcome. We cover issues facing the Western United States from a Christian conservative perspective. We're grateful we're not getting all the government we are paying for. All right. Normally, we cover politics, policy issues, things happening out there, and there's a whole lot to talk about. But we want to make sure we pause to remember the reason for the season, which is the coming, the incarnation of God himself, Jesus Christ, into this world. Praise be to God. Joining us for a very special Christmas broadcast of the Frontier Freedom Hour is the Chancellor of Colorado Christian University, Dr. Donald Sweeting. He's got a new article out in Fox this week titled, Why We Desperately Need Christmas. Chancellor Sweeting, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you, Jeff. Merry Christmas to everybody who's listening. I love talking about Christmas. <laughs> there you go. So let's start at the beginning. Why do we desperately need Christmas? Oh, you know, I wrote this a little bit selfishly, why I desperately need Christmas. You know, it, it the year, I don't know if you feel this way, but you come to the end of the year and you go, the year needs to be done. We, we, we you know, it, the year is weary and, uh, and we need a new beginning. And Christmas comes, I think, just at the right time in the nick of time to give us uh, something that our spirit desperately needs, a transformation. So that's why I wrote it. And I was thinking in particular about three holiday movies. Jeff, do you have a favorite holiday movie? Gosh, there there's so many different genres you can go into, right? So yeah, you actually right. have the you have the in-depth movies, the ones that touch your soul. It's a wonderful life, a Christmas carol. You have the kind of funny, silly family movies, the Grinch, right. the elf, and then you have the just kind of crazy Christmas movies like Die Hard and Chevy wow. Chase and National Lampoon's Christmas, right? So what's your what's your favorite? Oh, if you actually pin me down, I think I would have to say A Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. All right. And what version of A Christmas Carol? It's a big debate about this. You know that. I know. I know. And I'm I I I'm not as well versed into this as I should be. Just okay. last night, just last night, in fact, we were watching the kind of um, the animated version with Donald Duck. And even that I liked. Right. It was short. Um, and but it, it still has that such great redemption story. So um, right. I, I don't know if I, if I have a particular favorite one. OK. All right. My I'm old fashioned. My favorite is the Alistair Sim version. It's a British version, black and white. It was one of the early ones, and it's still so powerful. But I have some really good friends who disagree with me, and uh, they are big George C. Scott fans. They think his Christmas Carol 
is uh, is is pretty good. There are so I, many versions. I, I will tell you this though: the "It's a Wonderful Life in Color" is not a good version for whatever reason. That movie it, has to be in black and white always. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing how that how that works. I agree with you. Uh, I'm not sure why, but um, it it has an effect on you that that the colorized version doesn't have. Right. But anyway, what these three stories have in um, have in common? What "It's a Wonderful Life" a Christmas Carol. Let's just take uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Is uh, there's a key character who's pretty uh, wadded up, <laughs> curved in on himself that needs uh, transformation. And of course, in a Christmas Carol, it's Ebenezer Scrooge, and the story begins describing him as a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. And the story is about. Uh, you know, can he be changed? And then in a, It's a Wonderful Life, old George Bailey is the reluctant bank manager who comes to the brink of financial ruin and falls into suicidal despair. And he needs transformation. And then, you know, The Grinch, of course, is uh, a little different genre, but uh, you have The Grinch himself, who was, uh, I love the way Dr. Seuss describes him, you know, his head wasn't screwed on just right. His shoes were too tight. His heart was two sizes too small. You know, and I, I just think, wow, the, these are, th this is us. These these stories describe every man. And I think that's where its power, it, where their powers is found. You know, we all uh, get curved in on ourselves and we need to be transformed. And Christmas comes along and and provides a way. Christmas is ultimately kind of about redemption or, or uh, these, these stories connect with us because of the nature of redemption. Now there's so much that's taking place around Christmas and none of this is wrong. You've got the, you have the family kind of celebrations. You have Christmas trees, you've got lights, you've got music and all this stuff, but at its core, it's a religious holiday rooted in the changing of our souls, right? Yeah, well, I give five reasons why we, why I, we, we desperately need Christmas. And I said, to start with, the most important is Christmas is the celebration of the coming and birth of Christ. Uh, that's what began what the church is called the Feast of the Nativity. Mm. You know, and it harkens back to like Matthew one twenty one, where the messenger says to Joseph, don't fear to take mary as your wife that which is conceived in her is from the holy spirit she will bear a son and you will call his name jesus for he will save his people from their sins that's christmas ground zero you might mm. say mm. right and and um you know i mean this is really good news um this is really good news that brings hope to our lives because it tells us we're not uh, all alone. God is with us. You know, uh, I, I love, love, love that. Uh, Scrooge wasn't alone. George Bailey wasn't alone. Um, someone broke in. And the Christmas story is that God broke in. Uh, the, the Bible says God so loved the world that he sent his only son into the world. The son of God, the eternal son of God, invades space and time, um, shows up on this speck of a planet in a vast uh, solar system assumes our human nature becomes man and brings to us a right or a righteousness a right standing with god that we don't have on our own and he comes 
you know, not just to show us the way, which he certainly does, but also to provide a way out of our lostness through, and it's ultimately through his cross, uh, his atoning sacrifice on the cross. And, and so the, the son of man, I love the way C.S. Lewis put this in mere Christianity. He said, the son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. And this inbreaking or incarnation, enfleshment, C.S. Lewis says, is the grand miracle of the Christian faith. Or other people have said it's the greatest story that's ever been told. It's the it's the ground zero story of Christmas, right? Everything else emanates from this, is an echo of this huge story. Remove this part of Christmas and you lose the power of Christmas. Right. right. All of that in a tiny child? If it was just a tiny child, there wouldn't be all of that, but it's more than a child. It's mm-hmm. it's God who is enfleshed, the Son of God who takes on our human nature. And that's the extraordinary thing. It's it's God showing up uh, in pink crying flesh in a cave, laying in a feed trough, and entering the world that way in humility uh, to 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 reach us the depth of that impact uh, in the christmas story there's a lot that happens right around the birth of christ right angels singing the magi coming all that explain some of the things that were announcing the inbreaking of god in flesh so remember you know, I we love to have nativity scenes. Do you have one at your house? We have. We do. I think I, think I got four of them in in one of our rooms, and and uh, you know, we got one that we got in Bethlehem. That's really beautiful. It's made of olive wood, and I love them. They, they're really helpful. They're they they are good teaching tools, but they're they're a little misleading as well because uh, it didn't all happen on one night. Um, mm. You know, the Magi showed up sometime later. Uh, when Jesus was in Bethlehem, but uh, and uh, but we condense it all just to make the story uh, telling easy. It's best if you go back to the Gospels and you read the Gospels, and and you'll get the the best uh, setting. But um, wouldn't you expect heaven to be moved if mm. uh, this if God became man? Wouldn't wouldn't there be wonder? Well, that's why the angels are going berserk. Um, wouldn't uh, wouldn't you expect there to be um, foretelling of his coming? Well, the prophets did that, and evidently some of the word got out to lands way beyond uh, the land of Israel and Judah. Uh, it it reached the east, and so the Magi come, and they have a sense of the prophecies. They they have a sense of his coming, but there's still much they don't know. But they represent the Gentile world, and and they're there. So. You know, and the shepherds, oh my goodness, the shepherds are, you know, the lowest of society and they're tending flocks near Jerusalem, probably sheep that are going to be used in, you know, to sell on the market for sacrifices at the temple. Uh, but they're sort of the no-name scum and uh, God, it's angels appear to them and and they become the first heralds of the birth of Christ. I mean, it's, it's it's not what you'd expect, right? Uh, I mean, some of it is. You'd expect the angels to be uh, jazzed up, but maybe we'd expect, uh, you know, a big sign in the sky, uh, uh, well, like a physical sign with words or 
um, you know, a marketing campaign, but he came in humility. Um, he came in poverty and weakness. It's extraordinary. Friends, we're talking with the Chancellor at Colorado Christian University on this very special Christmas broadcast of the Frontier Freedom Hour. We'll be right back after these messages.